We are on Yavamos Tzadi Hei, Amen Aleph 95a. And we are in the middle of a discussion of uh, what happens if a person has sexual relations with his sister-in-law, with his wife's sister. Is he prohibited to stay married to his wife or not? And so the Gemara, in the end of the day, we conclude that there is no prohibition. Uh, to stay with your wife, you're allowed to stay married to your wife, and it's based on a verse in the Torah. It's based on, or at least uh, uh, we we infer it from a verse in the Torah. Uh, the verse uh, says, with regards to adultery, that when it comes to adultery, so then you cannot stay married to your wife. But in a case where, where, where the wife uh, commits adultery, but when it comes to the husband, if the husband the husband's allowed to marry many women, uh, he's allowed to marry multiple multiple he's allowed to have multiple wives. But what is prohibited for him is to have relations with his wife's relatives. Uh, so he's not allowed to have relations with his wife's sister, and he does. So that would not adultery does uh, break up the marriage, and they have to get divorced. But when it comes to having relations with your wife's sister, that would not be a problem. Now the Gemara first thought, though, that there would be a problem. If it wasn't for the verse, uh, then it would there would be a problem. What would be the problem? And so the Gemara said that just like when it comes to an iser kal, a more lenient prohibition, will say that that uh, you're prohibited to uh, stay connected to to that uh, person. Uh, so too, when it comes to a more stringent and more severe prohibition, such as having relations with your wife's sisters. So the Gemara now is going to try to understand what is that Isserkal? What is that more lenient prohibition that we're talking about? My Isserkal. And the Gemara will have four suggestions, four different suggestions as to what is this Isserkal, this more lenient um, prohibition. And we'll see what the Gemara concludes. They reject the uh, the first three, and then they are left with one explanation. What is this Isserkal, this more lenient prohibition? So Amr of Chista, Machzer Grushasa Mishinises. Chista says that we have the case of, we know that there's a prohibition, a person, a woman who is married, if they get divorced, she marries somebody else, so then she's not allowed to return back to her first husband, the Ramban. Nachmanides explains that the reason for this prohibition is that we don't want there to be uh, constantly wife swapping. And a way to get out of this is to get divorced, let her marry somebody else, then she'll come back to you. So we say that if she marries somebody else, she cannot... Come back to you. Ba'ala hai asra ala dahai. Ba'ala idach asra ala dahai. So we say that if um, if she marries the second husband, so then she's not allowed to return back to the first husband. But also after she marries the second husband and they get divorced, if she then goes ahead and marries the first husband, which is a prohibition, she's not allowed to go back to the first husband. But if she does... So then she's also prohibited to go back to the second husband. So if she does go from the first to the second and then goes back to the first, so then she's not allowed to go back to the second. So maybe that's the Isr Kal. This is an ordinary negative commandment. It's not a severe negative commandment with a severe punishment. When it comes to having sexual relations with your wife's sister, that is significantly more severe with the, with the death penalty. Uh, so maybe that's the Isr Kal, the more lenient prohibition. And we see that that breaks up the relationship, so meaning if she goes back to her first husband, she's not, it's a prohibition, which was created from the fact that she married her second husband, they got divorced, then she married the first husband, and so she's not allowed to go back to the second husband, 
after she gets divorced, she can't go back to the second husband because uh, because she has sexual relations with somebody else, with the first husband. So now she cannot go uh, back to the, the that relationship with the second husband uh, is broken. So the Gemara says, no, how could you compare the two? They say, I don't understand. When it comes to uh, returning back to the second husband, again, she got married to Ruvain, then married Levi. She's not allowed to go back to Ruvain, but she does go back to Ruvain. She marries Ruvain again. She's not allowed to marry Levi. The prohibition is that she's not allowed allowed to marry Levi. So in that case, I can understand why she cannot get married to Levi because she was the one who had who who was who violated the prohibition. She was the one who uh, went out and had a marriage or sexual relations with somebody that she's not allowed to. So that makes sense. But when it comes to your sister-in-law, so that's that's coming from uh, the husband. The husband is allowed to marry multiple women. So he did something wrong, but it was it wasn't wrong from the perspective of whether he's allowed to get married. Uh, because he's allowed to marry multiple women. So he didn't do anything wrong from that perspective. She didn't do anything wrong. So uh, she, she didn't do anything wrong. Maybe they should be able to stay married. Furthermore, says the Gemara, that Isura Barov, uh, that uh, when we said that, um, any, that that when she returns back to the first husband, again, she married Reuven, they got divorced, then she married Levi, they got divorced, and then she goes back to Reuven, so now she's not allowed to marry Levi. That has nothing to do with Reuven per se, that, that applies to everybody. It's certainly more severe because it applies to everybody. Meaning, if she married Reuven and then she married Levi and then she marries a third person, she marries a, she marries a, a Shimon, so then she's not, she's not allowed to return back to Levi. It has nothing to do with going back to Reuven and, being, and violating a certain prohibition. Even if she did something which was allowed, she married Shimon, a third person, she's not allowed to return back to Levi because that's the rule. Once you marry another person, you can't go back to your original husband. So, yeah, it's really, it, maybe it's more severe because it applies to more people. Once uh, once uh, she marries anybody in the world, she's not allowed to return back to her husband, whether it's Ruvain or Levi. She's not allowed to return back to the, to the husband. As opposed to the case of the sister-in-law, it's limited just to the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law. It doesn't apply to most people. And furthermore, Isra Isra Olam, when it comes to uh, marrying, going back to marrying your your husband, so that applies forever. That prohibition applies forever, as opposed to your sister in law. It doesn't apply forever. Once your wife passes away, so you're allowed to marry your sister in law, your wife's sister. So we see that there are various stringencies which apply to this prohibition of matzur grushaso, of returning back to your husband um, after after marrying somebody else. That there are various stringencies. Three basically. Uh, number one is that this is happening to her. She's she's the one who's who's doing this prohibition. Um, number two is that uh, most people could violate this, as opposed to brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Only they two, only the two of them, could violate it. And number three is that, is that it lasts forever. This prohibition lasts forever. When it comes to your sister-in-law, uh, it stops after the wife passes away. So there are various stringencies which apply to to this. So it can't be viewed as the more lenient prohibition. We cannot have that logical argument of well, if it applies to the more lenient, you're not allowed to stay married for the more lenient prohibition. You, you certainly can't stay married for the more severe prohibition because uh, we found that if that if Mavzer Grushaso is the prohibition, well, 
Uh, it also has various stringencies. So that's a rejection of suggestion number one. Suggestion number two. Ella Alma Reish Lakish Yevama. Reish Lakish says Yevama. Well, in this suggestion number two, we're trying to figure out what does it mean, Yevama? What does Yevama mean that it's a, a prohibition with a leniency? Yevama Laman. If it's about the fact that we're following Rav Amnuna, meaning the case is as follows. You have a case of potential Yivam. We have a person. The law is that, again, this is the whole tractate, the whole Masechta is about this. A husband passes away with no kids, um, and he's, he's married. So then she has an obligation to either marry the brother-in-law to do yibam, what's called yibam, to marry the brother-in-law, her husband's brother, or to do chalitza, some form of a divorce. Now, until she does anything, she has to either do yibam, which is the marriage, or chalitza, which is the divorce. If she doesn't do either one and she marries somebody else, that is not allowed. That's a negative commandment. She's not allowed to marry somebody else until she actually does something. If she were to um, marry somebody else or have sexual relations with somebody else, so Rav Amun is of the opinion that she now becomes prohibited to do yibam. It's like a, a smaller form of adultery to, to a certain degree. It's a smaller form of adultery and you cannot get married to the Yavam, to the brother-in-law. So the Gemara says, so we see that that's a case where it's an neg- ordinary negative commandment and it breaks up the relationship. It breaks up the relationship between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law. The Gemara says, no, there's no proof in there because it might not be more lenient just because it's, an, it's a regular negative commandment without a severe punishment. But in that case, similar to what we said earlier, she is the one who is doing something wrong, number one. And number two is that it applies to anybody. If she has gets married to anybody in the world, so then she automatically becomes prohibited to the uh, brother-in-law, as opposed to the case of the brother-in-law of, of marrying your sister-in-law. That's limited just to the prohibition only applies to your sister-in-law. It doesn't apply to anybody else. But when it comes to marrying anybody, when you're in the context of Yibam, you're waiting to do Yibam or Chalitza, you have to do something. You're not allowed to marry anybody in the world. So... It has aspects of being a more chamor, a more stringent prohibition. So the Gemara says, you know, we're not talking about yibum in the sense of where she marries somebody else or she has sexual relations with somebody else before she does yibum or chlitza. Rather, it's as follows. Ela yivama la'achin ovid b'maymar hai asra le'a dahai. Bala idach asra le'a dahai. The case is as follows. The case is where we have the, we've had this case many times. Again, so you have Reuben and Rachel who are married. Uh, Reuven dies, and so now Rachel has to do Yivim or Chalitza with either Shimon or Levi. Reuven has two brothers, Shimon and Levi, and so one of them has to do Yivim or Chalitza. What if one of them doesn't do Yivim or Chalitza, the full-fledged marriage, but Shimon, let's say, does Ma'amar with Rachel? Essentially, it's a form of an engagement, not the actual full-fledged marriage, but it's a form of an engagement with Rachel. So we say once he does that engagement... There's a question whether or not that works on a biblical or rabbinic level. But once he does that engagement, uh, and they're engaged, so none of the other brothers, Levi, cannot do Yibam. Levi cannot marry um, Rachel and cannot have sexual relations with Rachel. What if Levi does get married to Rachel? If Levi does get married to Rachel, again, Shimon didn't do uh, a full Yibam. He just did Mamar, which is an engagement. Uh, He didn't do the full-fledged marriage. If Levi now, which he's not allowed to do, he goes ahead and he does Yibam, he has sexual relations with Rachel, Rachel now is no longer allowed to uh, do Yibam, cannot get married to Shimon. It becomes a prohibition on Shimon. So here, ah, we have a case here where it's an ordinary negative commandment. Levi 
um, has sexual relations with Rachel after Shimon became engaged to Rachel, and that breaks up the marriage. It breaks up or, or the engagement between Shimon and Rachel. So that seems to be a good case. So the Gemara says, no, that's not a good case either. The Gemara says, no. My Irish Abala Hashini, I feel of a banami mimer. Halakasha Karam Gimel Dummer, Mimer, Hamimer, La Filo, and also like it, I feel Halatla. The Gemara essentially says, this has nothing to do with the fact that they, they violated some sort of prohibition. It's not because she went ahead and she had sexual relations with Levi that now, because of that, she now becomes prohibited to to the, the original brother who became engaged to her, to, to Shimon who, who got engaged to her. No, even if they didn't have sexual relations, let's say Levi, who's that extra brother, let's say he only became engaged to Rachel. He didn't mind with Rachel. And even if you want to say you cannot get engaged, like Roman Lil, if he does anything, if he does chalitza, which is the form of a divorce, if he gives a get, which is also a form of a divorce on a rabbinic level, even if he does that, uh, so then there still is some connection between Rachel and Levi such that Doing any of those things will now create a prohibition between Rachel and Shimon. Rachel and Shimon was the one who originally did Mamer, who originally got engaged to, Le- to Rachel. Levi comes along and forget about having sexual relations. Let's say there was no prohibition, but he just does chalitza. He, he gets uh, divorced. He gives, gives Rachel a divorce, either a regular divorce or chalitza, a different form of a divorce. So uh, either way, she becomes prohibited to Shimon. So it's not because of the act of of rebellion and uh, the violating the prohibition that makes her prohibited to Shimon, it's because the other brother, Levi, is still involved in this, still has Zika, still has some sort of bond, and he sort of pushed Shimon aside. So you can't bring a proof from that case either. So that was all suggestion number two. Within suggestion number two, we had sort of had 2A and 2B, which is basically we have a case where there's potential for Yibam here. 2A is where she marries somebody else. We rejected that because even though it's true, it breaks up, the Yavam, the brother-in-law, now can't do Yibam with Rachel, uh, but we explained how that's not necessarily a more lenient prohibition. And then this 2, 2B is this case where Shimon does Mamar first, gets engaged to Rachel first, and then Levi goes ahead and does something with Rachel, if, if he has sexual relations with Rachel. So now he can't marry Shimon, she can't marry Shimon. Uh, but we rejected that by saying it has nothing to do with the fact that she rebelled against Shimon or uh, had sexual relations Outside that, uh, the context of that uh, of that marriage, because it's even if Levi gives a divorce document, Levi is still in the picture, and as such, it really has nothing to do with what we're discussing. So, suggestion number three. What suggestion number three? Ella Amr Sota. We're discussing a case of a Sota, which is essentially a case of a woman who is either accused of committing adultery, and she then we find her to be secluded with the man that she was accused of committing adultery with or she actually does commit adultery, she's not allowed, a woman who commits adultery is not allowed to return back uh, and stay married to her husband. So the woman wants to know, what's the case? Laman. If it's because, if she go, does go back to her husband, then she has sexual relations with her husband, so then she becomes prohibited to marry the person that she had committed adultery, that she committed adultery with, so the Gemara says that has nothing to do with the fact that she has sexual relations with her actual husband, even if they didn't, but they just got divorced. The point is, the rule is that the moment she commits adultery, she's prohibited to two people. She's prohibited to her husband. She can't stay married to her husband. She also, even after they get divorced, she cannot marry the person that she committed adultery with. It's a separate prohibition. 
that exists right at the very moment that she has sexual, that she commits adultery. Nothing to do with the fact that she goes back to her original husband. So that can't be the case. Ella sota leboel, hayeshakalhu is rechamarhu dahinuishusish. So rather, what it means is the classic case of where a woman commits adultery, she's not allowed to stay married to her husband. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, that's not a lenient prohibition. That's very severe. That is also the death penalty. So how could you call that a lenient position? So they reject that. But in the end, the Gemara, turning to Saudi Heim Vid, 5b, turning the page, El Alma Rava, Rava says, you know what? It is Ashish Ish. V'chein ki also Rabbin Amar B'yachanan Ish. It is the case of where she commits adultery. Ah, oh, how is it a, a more lenient prohibition? How, is it going to be, how could it be more lenient? It, it, at the end of the day, it gets the death penalty. How could you call it more lenient than having sexual relations with your wife's sister? No. The answer is, is that it is more lenient with regards to one aspect. With regards to the fact that um, the, the, uh, when it comes to adultery, it's not a prohibition which exi- lasts forever. Meaning, if they get divorced, she's allowed to marry somebody else. But that's not true when it comes to your sister-in-law. When it comes to your wife's sister... If you get divorced from your wife, you're still prohibited to marry your sister-in-law, your wife's sister. Because you have to, the only time that it becomes permissible is if, if the wife dies. But if you're divorced, you're still not allowed to, not allowed to. So we see that when it comes to adultery, that there is an aspect which is more lenient, which is the fact that um, it, it, it exists, that there's no longer a prohibition once they, once they get divorced. You don't have to just wait until the wife, uh, until somebody dies. Uh, Tosos happens to point out the obvious question that, well, okay, fine. That's one aspect of leniency. In the end of the day, it has a severe prohibition of death. So it seems to be more severe. So uh, some of the commentators point out a very interesting topic on its own is that sometimes the the level of punishment doesn't necessarily reflect on the severity of the prohibition. Just because it's a more severe punishment doesn't mean that in God's eyes that it's viewed as... Uh, a worse punish, a worse sin to commit, which is really a whole separate topic, which uh, we don't have time to get into. Okay, so that's the conclusion of the Gemara. The Gemara says that basically you would have thought that if you have sexual relations with your sister-in-law, your wife's sister, that you're not allowed to stay married to your wife because we would learn it out from adultery, just like by adultery they can't stay married. And in that case, uh, there's no longer a prohibition of adultery after they get divorced. And certainly in a case where even after the divorce, there's still a prohibition to marry your wife's sister. You might have thought that you can't stay married after uh, the husband has relations with his wife's sister. The answer is no. The verse tells us otherwise that you are allowed. That's, that's what we would have thought. But the verse tells us otherwise that really you could stay married. And so the Gemara actually spells this out right now. Tani Namihachi, we also are taught in a Braisa, Abba Chanan Amr Mishim Rabbalazar, Essentially what we just said. Uh, that you might have thought, initially you might have thought that if a person has sexual relations with his wife's sister, he cannot stay married because we would have learned it out from adultery. That's why the Torah tells us otherwise. The Torah tells us, no, specifically when it comes to adultery, you cannot stay married to uh, your uh, your husband, you can't. You have to get divorced. But when it comes to having sexual relations with your wife's sister, no, you could stay married to your wife. Okay, we will. Uh, that concludes this part of the Gemara, and we'll continue with the next part of the Gemara in the next recording.